The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 145. And Joey, I think one of us today has a new phone. Mickey Papalong is a cell phone junkie. I did make the switch and I am over with AT&T. As the rumor has been going, I did order a Centro. So I guess I would compare it to something like Mobile Utopia. Worst battery life ever. All right, we ready? Recording. Here we go. Worldwide cell phone use hit 60%, the Trio Pro's release date confirmation, and where is App World? My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. And before we get going today, first wanted to mention that Joey, unfortunately, was not able to join me this week, but we did record, or I recorded, the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, show number 16. Joey was on a plane back to Minneapolis when uh, I was doing the recording. The show was with Craig Johnston from Crackberry.com and also from the, uh, the folks over there that do the Mobile Computing Authority. And Craig and I talked all about the BlackBerry. So if you're interested in hearing what's going on in the world of BlackBerry, you're going to love Unlock Show number 16. Make sure you check that one out. You can access it over at thecellphonejunkie.com. In the news for this week, first off, we have some interesting information about Apple controlling 66% of all mobile web use. A detailed look at web's market share for cell phones confirmed that AT&T and the iPhone were the ones that were the, that were providing the majority of the mobile web use. Uh, this was 66% of the entire use of all of the mobile web. Uh, the second place was a... Uh, Uh, a very small 9%, and that was the Java uh, style. And then Windows Mobile at 6.9%, Android 6%, Symbian also at 6%, Palm 2.3%, and others at 2.75%. So Joey, a a very, very big spread there from, you know, who's using the mobile web and and just a very interesting, you know, numbers here, because I find that, uh, you know, for the most part, the people that are using the iPhone are really enjoying their web experience and the numbers don't lie. Well, I've got to use your web, uh, you know, iPhone on the web, and you can't compare the browsing experience on there with uh, anything else, really. It's just, I mean, it's like having a mobile computer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can see with the number of people that have iPhones why it makes up that large of a portion. Because um, the, the browsing experience on, you know, let's say the Central, for example, um, I use it a lot. But the, the people I, I know that do have uh, Palm OS devices and even Windows Mobile devices, I, I ask them if they use uh, browsing. And, and a lot of people say, oh, not really. No, I, I, I don't really use it. So it, it kind of baffles me, but that's uh, kind of the way it is out there. Yep. Two thirds of, of all the traffic going through the iPhone. So pretty interesting statistic there. Next here, LG has recalled 30,000 Spider handsets due, due to problems connecting to and maintaining the connections with 911 services. Specifically, the handsets are being recalled uh, that were either running the T83LG V03 or 04 operating systems. Handsets were sold by various carriers, including Cellular South, Bluegrass Cellular, Illinois Valley Cellular, Northwest Missouri Cellular, Golden State Cellular, and Next Tech Wireless. According to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, the subscribers using the LG 830 Spider can expect to be contacted by their wireless network operator, and the phones are being upgraded to fix the issue. Well, a woman in Janesville Township, Wisconsin, got a surprise when she opened her bag of potato chips this past week 
and found a Nokia cell phone in it. We talked about last week a Nokia phone being found in the belly of a cod that was picked up by a fisherman that still worked and was then returned to its owner. Uh, No such luck with this book, or this one here is no address book, was able to be retrieved to identify the phone's owner. Uh, But uh, just one of those things, a phone, again, found in a very strange place, a bag of potato chips. Are there any good or cheap smartphones out there is what a lot of people are asking these days as the macroeconomic conditions uh, continue to worsen. And an article over at JK on the Run takes into account some of the best phones that are out there right now. So we wanted to touch on those if you're someone who's looking to get yourself into a good cheap smartphone. Number one on their list for the T-Mobile folks out there. Uh, consider a BlackBerry, either the Pearl 8100 or the Curve 8300, uh, UMA-compatible phones, both of those, and they can be used to make free calls with a qualifying plan over Wi-Fi connections. Sprint customers not interested in picking up a Palm Pre can take a look at the Palm Centro. And I know, obviously, Joey, this is something that you would definitely agree with as well, that the Centro is a rock-solid device to use for the Sprint network, and for $49, a very solid option for them. AT&T's uh, looking at if any if you're not looking to pick up a refurbished iPhone, which you can get for uh, either $99 or $150, depending on how you pick it up. Take a look at the GSM version of the Centro, only $29 for that one. Uh, also, you can take a look at the Blackjack 2, which is $49 if you're looking to get a phone that has uh, access to Exchange. And finally, on the Verizon side, they say take a look with the Verizon uh, BlackBerry 8330, that's $99, or the CDMA version of the Centro that you can find online for $50. Of course, you can find a couple other devices out there, but some great options there, Joey. You find kind of a reoccurring theme here, and that's uh, not only the Blackberries, but also the Centro. And I know we talk about it a lot, but I think, you know, let's just mention it again. Um, You know, I, I know you can extol the virtues of it. The Centro, a great, great smartphone for those that are looking to get into the market. Fast calendar, fast email exchange, uh, you know, push support, um, you know, Gmail support, uh, everything's just built in. It's fast. It's easy to use. Uh, it has a lot of memory now. And since it's such a, uh, you know, basically it's, I don't know, the sixth or seventh incarnation of a Palm OS device uh, running the same OS for the past, I don't know, five years, it is uh, very stable uh, with very little issues of, um, you know, reboots and, and spontaneous uh, data destruction. So it's, Something that's, uh, you know, really worth the money. Yeah, it's really a solid device. I've had some hands-on time with it, not only with the one that you have, uh, but on a review unit from Sprint as well. And so I can tell you it is a solid device and definitely one worth considering. Keep in mind, if you choose the GSM variant of it, you're not going to have 3G speeds. So keep that in uh, in your uh, mind as you're taking a look at the different options. Well, worldwide cell phone use hit 60% this past week. Developing nations are those to thank to uh, bring us to this point. Just uh, not not too long ago, we heard about the fact that 50% of the world was now on cell phones. And think about this. Just five years ago, we were at 15% of the total global population. So a very, very good uh, clip that we're moving on here. And uh, some of the nations out there, of course, China and India are the two that come uh, directly to mind for those that are really helping to lead this charge. So if you are, uh, we're interested, 60% of the world now on a cell phone. 
Well, Barack Obama nominated Julius Janikowski, as expected this week, as the next chairman of the Federal Communications Commission. Janikowski has previously uh, been uh, in Obama's, uh, was Obama's potential nominee, of course, and once approved by Congress, he will take the reins from acting chairman Michael Copps. Obama will also have the nomination from the Republican Party to replace the former commissioner, Deborah Taylor, who left the FCC in December. Clearwire has reported that its quarterly earnings uh, this week, and they've also announced their future rollout for their WiMAX network. By the end of 2009, Clearwire is expected to launch the cities of Atlanta, Las Vegas, Chicago, Charlotte, Dallas-Fort Worth, Honolulu, Philadelphia, and Seattle. It also has major markets lined up for a launch in 2010, including the East Coast cities of New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., and also Houston and San Francisco. Clearwire said it expects to have close to 100 WiMAX devices in the market by the end of this year to support the networks, and those devices would include modems, PDAs, netbooks, and laptops. Clearwire also plans to launch a dual-mode 3 and 4G modem that can roam between the cellular networks and WiMAX networks as well. Well, Nokia fans, you're going to want to stay tuned for this uh, this coming week, March 11th at 10 a.m. Central uh, European time. Nokia is putting on a music-focused event. Uh, this was something that uh, we first heard about o- over in uh, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. They talked about their new Comes With Music service, and this press conference is going to probably expand on that. So if you're in the European markets and you're listening to this show, you'll be able to listen to this or find out more information about it over at events.nokia.com. Uh, those of us here in the U.S. will have to get up pretty early. This will be airing at 2 a.m. for those on the West Coast. A story on the consumerist today brings some attention to something that uh, we thought was important to talk about. A, uh, a, a Someone who went into an Apple store named Ronnie went to buy a new iPhone and use it for the next 18 months. Uh, unfortunately, he had uh, lost, he's saying, his current iPhone and wanted to get a new one and was even willing to spend the $500 for the unsubsidized model. He had originally uh, swapped out his original 8-gigabyte iPhone for a 16-gigabyte version within the first month of service and had recently lost the phone. Now both Apple and AT&T are telling him that he is someone who has jailbroken his phone and can't have a new phone for another 18 months or until his contract is up unless he is willing to get a new phone number. And this story was very interesting to both Joey and I, obviously, as I was someone who purchased an original iPhone 3G when it first came out, and I was uh, not in, uh, or I was in the middle of a contract at that time. I was fortunate enough to be able to take advantage of some another line that I had in my account and use that uh, renewal to uh, get that phone, then promptly sold it and then bought another one just a few months ago. So I'm I'm curious as to how this one exactly happened because you know Joey, unfortunately, as uh, you know, he has found out he is basically out of luck on a phone here now. At, le- at least if he wants to buy an iPhone, he's going to only be able to purchase another phone if he's interested in buying anything but an iPhone. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, it's bizarre because wouldn't I mean they would they would want you to have the iPhone uh, to use? It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. Um, I, I wonder if he could just go to eBay and buy um, an iPhone that's d- doesn't necessarily have to be unlocked or jailbroken. Because can't you just put your AT and T SIM card in there and just activate that phone? Yep, that's all you need to do. It's pretty easy. You could probably get a little cheaper than the full uh, you know full new price. I would imagine as well. 
Yeah, I, I can imagine probably somewhere around $150 right now are what those are going for if you want to get an 8-gig model. So, uh, you know, an unfortunate circumstance for Ronnie here. I mean, it's just very, very strange that, uh, you know, as he's explaining it, it doesn't look like he's really going to have that many, uh, or you you wouldn't have an issue with it, especially if he's willing to pay the unsubsidized price. I have no idea why they would do that. I don't know why they would restrict you purchasing those devices. Uh, why would they care if they're being jailbroken? What, 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 I mean, they're getting full price for the, the device, what I don't, yeah. I don't understand it just doesn't make any sense my thought is that we may not be hearing the entire story here and there there may be multiple devices or multiple iphones that he's purchased on his account over the last let's just say few months and uh so anyway that's just a just a thought but you never know i mean it could just be the this could be just the third iphone that he's looking for um, but for whatever reason, it went uh, you know went over, and it's on the consumerist now, so you can check that one out if you're interested in it. But my guess is that he's going to see some resolution, as most of the people that submit stories to them do. On the AT&T news side, a trade-in program is the latest rumor, and it could provide an alternative for those that have old handsets laying around and they want to uh, you know upgrade and get a new one. Uh, regardless of how great your device is or whatever device you may have, the total trade in maximum value is capped at $200. So, uh, but again, this is just a rumor. And for those that are interesting in, uh, or interested in, in looking at something like this, we'll, we'll make sure to keep you updated on this and find out what happens, uh, as it goes forward. AT&T Mobility and the CWA or Communication Workers of America came to a tentative agreement about the terms for a new contract. The terms include an 8.8% increase in pay over the course of the contract, a $500 bonus, a minimum $1,000 monthly commission for sales consultants, and uh, also the contract will last for four years and uh, covers 20,000 AT&T workers. So good news for those that are uh, working for AT&T and uh, we're, we're concerned about this because uh, obviously uh, certain union contracts can can kind of get in the way of things. And so everyone should be back to work right now and uh, looks like a pretty good deal for both parties. Nokia and Verizon have paired up and they are going to be announcing the first 4G LTE smartphone. The first uh, 4G LTE network is being developed by Verizon uh, and should be launched here later this year by Verizon Wireless. That's the first step to the process. And Nokia is going to be the person to make or the company to make the first smartphone to take advantage of the network. The Nokia smartphones will operate the Symbian OS uh, operating system, and it will be, uh, which has not obviously gotten much attention here in the U.S., but uh, will really be a a good uh, thing for them as we haven't really seen much as far as new devices out recently from Nokia that are specifically geared towards the U.S. market. So keep an eye for that one later in the year. Maybe I can uh, get uh, some devices here. Uh, to try the Nokia out on LTE by the end of this year. Yeah, because you've got you've got a number or at least one Verizon line at the office, correct? Yep. Yeah. So I, I think that's a that's a great uh, great option. You know, for those that are interested in in picking up a, the latest and greatest, I think Nokia is a, a good solid company, and uh, you know, I think it's a good option. And a good way for Verizon to go. Obviously, we're not going to see any of the issues that we used to on the CDMA side where Nokia was, uh, 
you know, not uh, basically really involved with Sprint or, or Verizon. And so, yeah, good news for, for those that are fans of CDMA networks and obviously the uh, the two carriers that provide them. Nokia will be the first to offer the handsets. Also on the Verizon side, Verizon is possibly sharing your private data. Well, this is according to a Boy Genius story, and it, it comes from a, a screenshot here that uh, was a, a linked back to uh, readwriteweb.com, and that talks about how unless you uh, go ahead and uh, fill out or basically check the box that says that you want your, your information kept proprietary, it uh, looks like Verizon could be sharing it. So if you're a Verizon customer, check that one out because that's bad news right there. Don't want to see your information get into the hands of somebody that it doesn't need to be. Next one here, the uh, T-Mobile uh, $50 unlimited plan that we talked about a few weeks ago, initially tested out in the San Francisco area, has been rolled out to the entire U.S., Customers who have had T-Mobile contracts for 22 months or more may sign up for the $50 per month plan that provides unlimited nationwide calling. The plan is meant to reward what T-Mobile considers to be the most loyal customers. According to GigaOM, Metro PCS is planning to deploy in the future a long-term evolution network that will be available sometime during 2010. Metro PCS's COO Tom Keyes told them, it is our desire to deploy LTE in 2010, probably in the latter half of the year. Metro PCS operates a CDMA network currently in about a dozen markets and is using its AWS and PCS Spectrum holdings. Keys believes Metro PCS's small size will help it to deploy an LTE uh, network rapidly once it is ready. In Palm News, a Palm Pre exclusive webcast will be happening this week. Uh, Palm Pre has sent out, or excuse me, Palm and Sprint have sent out invites to the Pre webcast, and it uh, will be uh, happening this week, Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. If you're interested in it, you're going to want to keep your eyes to the blogosphere, as I'm sure a lot of people will be uh, live blogging it and talking about what's happening on it. I've been fortunate enough to receive an invite to it, so I will be listening to it live and hopefully be able to tweet out some information about what they're talking about. Uh, what we were told was 20 minutes of a display and then 20 minutes of question and answer. So we'll find out what happens with that one this Thursday. According to the official Palm blog, the Trio Pro will be available on the Sprint Network beginning next Sunday, March 15th. The Trio Pro will be running Windows Mobile 6.1 with a full uh, touchscreen and QWERTY keyboard, of course, built-in GPS and Wi-Fi, and will be available for twenty or excuse me, $200 after rebates with a new two-year agreement. If you're an Alltel customer, the announced this week, the Palm Trio Pro is now available, and uh, you can check that one out in retail stores. It supports eVideo Rev-A for data and has Wi-Fi and GPS, just like the Sprint version does. It also runs Windows Mobile 6.1 and comes with Mobile Internet Explorer 6. Now, an interesting note about that, Internet Explorer 6 is going to be obviously on the Alltel version of this one and will be coming as well for the Sprint Trio Pro. Now, this raised a lot of questions as people were thinking that any of the 6.1 Windows mobile devices were not going to be receiving the latest version of the uh, Internet browser. But in an explanation, it looks like uh, Windows Mobile 6.1 AKU 1.4 is what is necessary to have the Windows Mobile 6.1, uh, or excuse me, Internet Explorer 6 on 6.1. So uh, this is good news for those that are interested in getting the CDMA version of the, the Trio Pro, and uh, good news for those that are interested in seeing what this new internet uh, browser is all about. Uh, so Joey, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a 
real familiar with uh, what this is going to all mean as far as why this this new AKU is going to be able to do this. But what I do know is that six uh, six on six, the, the what they're calling the new version of Internet Explorer, is going to dramatically increase the functionality of the web browser. And I think it's really good news uh, for those that are interested in picking up this device. Oh, absolutely. You know, every time we improve the, the browser interface, you know, you'll have a lot more happy uh, customers out there, especially like the iPhone. Um, you know, originally we were supposed to see uh, IE6 mobile on the uh, Windows Mobile 6.1 updates, but obviously they scrapped that. And look at how much uh, longer it took for them to get this released. I mean, this is a, a year late. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, leave it to Microsoft. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a long while. But uh, don't look forward to, um, you know, cab bundles here for this. It, it looks like it's going to be, uh, it's a pretty big um, you know, memory hog and it's, it may not be, uh, it may not be provided for all the older devices out there. Yeah. We're going to have to really take a look at this one because I I'm, I'm interested to see, and we're going to talk about in a little bit about, you know, stripping off different pieces from some of the newer windows devices that are out there, but and Palm's situation, I, I don't know. I think you're right. I think we're going to, you know, possibly see, um, you know, or possibly not see this, but Whatever, uh, you know, coming soon, some Windows Mobile 6.5 devices that you'll be able to get them uh, without any issue. HTC's Touch Diamond 2 got a little bit more real this week with a date and a price on Expanses' UK site. uh, They're listing the HTC Touch Diamond 2 with an expected release date of April 17th, 2009. Handset price, £400, which comes out to approximately US dollars depending on uh, the exchange rate. And this will be available, like I said, late April and uh, possibly soon after that in uh, retailers that will sell it here in the U.S. HTC's 2009 lineup also got kind of leaked out this week, I guess we'll call it. A number of different devices that were talked about, including uh, the first one here, the White Stone, which is a 3.6-inch WVGA display device with GSM and EVDO, Qualcomm 760, uh, or excuse me, 7600 chipset at 528 megahertz, 256 megs of RAM, uh, 512 of ROM, 5 megapixel camera. Well, Windows Mobile 6.1 Professional and looks to be on Verizon in September. The Firestone is the same 3.6 inch WVGA display, GSM and HSPA Qualcomm uh, chipset at 600 megahertz. 256 RAM, 512 ROM, 8 megapixel camera, Windows 6.5 in September. The Thor, a 4.8-inch WVGA display, Qualcomm 1 gigahertz chipset. Yes, 1 gigahertz chipset, 256 megs of RAM, 512 ROM, 5 megapixel camera, Windows Mobile 6.5, and a September release. Next, the Twin, which is a VGA display device with a Qualcomm chipset at 528 meg, uh, megahertz, uh, uh, GSM and CDMA, 3.2 megapixel camera. No uh, known release date for this one yet, uh, but look to be on one of the CDMA carriers, probably Verizon. And finally, the Maple, a.k.a. the Excalibur 3G, those that are looking for an upgrade to their front-facing QWERTY Excalibur device, 2.4-inch QVGA display, a Qualcomm chipset at 528 megahertz, 156 megs of RAM, 256 ROM, 2 megapixel camera, Windows 6.1 standard, so no touchscreen on there, and ETA of May. Lots of different uh, devices out there, and uh, some good news for those that like the HTC devices. Uh, you've got some new ones coming here in the next few months. 
Oh yeah, they definitely never uh, seem to disappoint on the number of devices they have that they release every year. It's quite amazing. They really do a lot of good stuff when it comes to uh, innovation and getting the latest out there. And, you know, I, I really find that for the Windows side, HTC is a great option if you're looking for some hardware to buy. Uh, they seem to completely support their devices and really do a great job with them. So uh, check those out if you're interested in reading more about them in the show notes. And Verizon's Touch Diamond looks to be official. No release date or pricing on it yet, but it does appear uh, in some screenshots this week over at Engadget and the Boy Genius Report. It looks like, though, the Touch Diamond's memory has been lowered to 128 megs of RAM and 256 megs of ROM. Who knows why that is? And we'll see what comes out with it on a price point, Uh, most likely somewhere in the $200 range, though. But Diamond lovers, if you're a Verizon customer, you'll be able to get it very soon. Nokia's N97 is spotted online and looks to have a date. June 23rd, 2009 is the date for the N97, a 32-gigabyte model. This is coming in at a white color in the UK. Handset price is €844. That is going to be just uh, right around uh, $1,200 if you're doing the math there. Hopefully the uh, the pricing on that will come down a little bit, get it a little bit closer to 1000 Even so, the N97, the flagship device for Nokia for 2009, at a uh, very expensive price, but look to see it here in the next couple of months, June to be exact. Nokia also issued a statement this week regarding the uh, 5800 Express Music North American uh, handset that came out last week where they had some issues with the 3G version. The statement reads, Following an introduction of the Nokia 5800 Express Music in North America, some consumers reported difficulties connecting with the local 3G network. We've concluded it is an isolated situation related to a configuration change in the North American variant. We have now adjusted the configuration and will resume sales shortly. Nokia said that anyone who bought the 5800 North American model and is experiencing trouble should contact Nokia Customer Care. Speaking at an industry event, James Harper, the senior manager of technology marketing at Nokia, said that the company is moving forward with LTE as its preferred radio technology. Of course, we just talked a little bit ago about Verizon and LTE joining forces. They've also said that it will have LTE-enabled devices in the market by 2010, so kind of putting a timeline on when they'll be getting them out, in conjunction with the first wave of the LTE networks that are set to go live in that time frame. Uh, Harper, however, did not expand on exactly what types of devices that it would make. Some other device news here. Memphis police have embraced the Celio. They've taken a look, or excuse me, the red fly made by Celio. They've taken a look and they've said that the police officers uh, moving into the future will be using uh, um, Windows Mobile handsets combined with the Celio red fly device. The Celio, of course, uh, is a, a basically a, a machine that allows for uh, the video of the phone to be sent either over a USB cable or Bluetooth over to a much larger screen, and then it gives you a trackpad for navigation and also a keyboard to uh, give yourself access to type on a full, uh, uh, more full-size keyboard. And uh, so anyway, take that's a very interesting one if you're uh, in the Memphis Police Department. Of course, you're probably excited to get some new toys. Uh, but for me, I, I find this very interesting as a, a nice kind of change as we've kind of come from the days of the, uh, the old MDT system. I know, Joey, you know uh, about this stuff as well, where they used to you know receive all their data sent over to them over relatively slow uh, over-the-air speeds. And you know things have increased and gotten better. And now we're up to 
you know, the police officers that are using Windows mobile devices connected with uh, what essentially is a dumb terminal. I mean, I guess that's the best way to put it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, because uh, I mean, lately, um, a lot of departments are going with the full fledged uh, laptop in their uh, in their vehicle. But to be able to take, you know, the laptop uh, out of the equation and, and save a lot of space in the car and then also be able to take the device with you out of the car uh, while you're filling out reports or even, you know, taking pictures for that matter at a scene and to collect the data with the, the computer or the, the mobile device, um, you know, in front of the people, not just in the car, it, it will uh, provide a benefit for them for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's certainly a lot of advantages to, to combining some of the devices that they're using. And I feel like, uh, you know, Memphis of, of all places, I guess, you know, whatever, it's a good testing ground, though, and we'll see how these work. And, you know, it could be something that police officers moving into the future are using these more and more. You know, obviously, a laptop is issued in many cases now to an officer, but um, as well as, let's just say, a, a Nextel device or some other cell phone for communication. But, um, you know, combining these into, uh, you know, a little bit more of a streamlined process. Also, keep in mind, it could be something as simple as a phone is issued to each person. And then when they go to, to you know, to go on their uh, patrol every day, they just go and pick up one of the the uh, red flies that's, you know, sitting in the docking station, all charged up, ready to go. And they don't have to buy one for everybody. They can simply, you know, get them and, uh, you know, kind of rotate them through and have essentially, I guess you need, you know, one for every one and a half people as you'd have, you know, one charging while one is out and, you know, kind of go from there. So, a uh, you know, it will be interesting to see because you're right. It talks about, you know, where it, where it goes with the, you know, the law enforcement of today was they're writing the reports on devices such as this and also being able to use a camera built into a device like this. Also, the ability to receive information via a short message, like a text message out to the, their handset, wherever they are. Some very, very nice advantages uh, to doing something like this. So uh, good news here. This is the kind of stuff, for whatever reason, I really like. I know, Joey, you like talking about it as well. So we'll continue to uh, keep up with how Memphis is doing with their red flies. Leap Wireless this week announced that Cricket would have the A600 USB wireless modem available. The A600 it has embedded software drivers, negating the need for an install CD with the, uh, with the packaging. Also has a slot for a micro SD card. Works with Windows 2000, XP, and Vista, as well as Mac OS uh, 10 3.9 and higher. Costs $70 after rebates. The Cricket EVDO-based mobile broadband service costs $35 per month for existing customers and $40 per month as a standalone service. No contract required, and that is running on the AWS Spectrum. The Samsung Instinct Mini could be a possible device coming out here for those that are on the Sprint network. Of course, Sprint came out last year with the Sprint Instinct. Some blurry photos released this week over at Engadget and uh, also, or excuse me, over at Boy Genius and also uh, over on Engadget as well, showing the uh, smaller version of the Samsung Instinct, uh, codenamed the Mini. So we'll see what happens with that one. But uh, no idea on when this was going to happen or if it's going to happen, but some neat pictures to look at, I guess. I did get to uh, to play with an instinct uh, firsthand for a, a little bit this week because a coworker uh, picked one up, and uh, I, this device doesn't look a heck of a lot smaller than the instinct. But I suppose it's probably just the the new version of it would probably be more appropriate. I don't I don't know if they're going to call this 
uh, Instinct Mini or not. Uh, sounds like a strange name if you ask me. But anyway, yeah. it's a it's kind of a neat device. Um, the, the the way it vibrates every time you touch a button is a little disconcerting and almost a little annoying. Um, yeah. But I, I set up the uh, the work email on there. Uh, not really uh, push support, but it it, it updates. Uh, within a few minutes or so of the email coming in. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, but it doesn't have the full ActiveSync protocol to be able to push the contacts and calendar and all that no, other stuff. No, so no, it's it's not ActiveSync at all. No. It's using the Sprint uh, mobile email program. Yeah, which I, I find is is good. I mean, it works if you're looking to just get your email, but this is not a this is not an enterprise style device. So um, uh, not in the least. Yeah. So. Anyway, but uh, some of these, some pictures to look at here, a little bit different of a design, more rounded, I guess. Uh, so anyway, in- Instinct fans, you've got some stuff to look at here, at least uh, for the next few weeks until we find out what the deal is with that. And uh, finally, in devices, the Plantronics 925 Bluetooth headset. The daily Bluetooth headset that I use is on sale, and you can pick this one up for a low, low price of $50 plus $6 in shipping. So this is a deal over from thriftycomputer.com. Link in the show notes if you're interested in it. Uh, The 925 from Plantronics does a great job of noise cancellation as well as giving the user the ability to do multi-point support as well as side tone technology, which gives a feedback to the customer or to the user of it so you can actually hear what you're saying as you're talking. So a definite recommendation for myself if you're interested in a Bluetooth headset for $50, the 925 is a great way to go. Into some software here today, three internet radio applications for your BlackBerry. A story that I picked up from Remarkable.com. It's a, it's a BlackBerry site that I follow. And I found this one interesting and just kind of a, some, interest, some, some stuff for the BlackBerry users out there that are looking to listen to internet radio on their handsets. Uh, not that they're all free, but uh, here you go. The first one here is XM Mobile on BlackBerry. XM has supported uh, a number of different channels through their service. It costs $8 per month and uh, you get to use uh, your BlackBerry to stream the XM over to your BlackBerry. Um, you get to, like I said, listen to a, a specific subset of the total channels. It doesn't give you all of them, but it, it gives you at least a taste of uh, what you're able to listen to on, on your XM radio uh, on your phone. So if you're interested in, in listening to XM, there's an option for you. Next is Flycast for BlackBerry. It has over 1,000 channels that you can listen to for free on the BlackBerry. You can also listen to the same Flycast channels on your desktop. And the interface itself is a little bit, uh, you know, sterile. It's not exactly as nice as one you'd find with, say, the XM application, but it is free. And thirdly, Slacker Radio for the BlackBerry. A Slacker is a personal favorite among many, and like Flycast, you can listen to Slacker via your desktop, uh, but there are only 100 channels online. Slacker Basic is free, but you're limited to some of the advanced features like unlimited skips, unlimited song requests, and uh, you are presented with advertising as you're listening to it. And the Slacker Plus application will set you back $4 per month. So if you're interested in uh, skipping some of those uh, restrictions on there, you can do that. So so the BlackBerry users out there, there's some options for you on how to listen to the different, uh, some internet stuff on your phone. Other, also, other uh, news in BlackBerry here, uh, RIM officially announced its BlackBerry application store this past week, naming it BlackBerry 
app world. Customers can head over to RIM and sign up for notifications on the site's launch, which is expected to happen very soon. And then uh, following that up, RIM announced that they had opened up the app world to developers uh, this past week, and that uh, would, with an opening, uh, with the opening came more information on how the storefront would work. According to RIM, the applications can only be written for BlackBerry OS 4.2 and higher. The other minimum requirements include BlackBerry apps be written for devices yeah, using either a trackball or SurePress, uh, meaning that older Blackberries with track wheels, such as the 7000 series of devices, will not be supported. Uh, in order to download AppWorld for BlackBerry, you must have a PayPal account, which will be used to bill the user for the applications. And developers can offer applications for free, but paid applications will start at $2.99 and range up to a maximum of $9.99. Uh, BlackBerry themes will not be allowed in AppWorld, and AppWorld will initially launch in the U.S. and Ca- U.S., Canada, and the UK. So some interesting information there, kind of looking at where BlackBerry is going with the, uh, the the Apple, or excuse me, the application store, similar to what Apple did back a few months ago with the release of the 3G version of the iPhone. And App World, uh, kind of a, I don't know, an egotistical name, if, if you will, but at the same time, you know, certainly going to, uh, to bring, I think, some quality applications. Those that use Blackberries are typically, or have typically been the enterprise user, the business customer, but with the invention of uh, the Curve and the Pearl, lots more people, consumers, are getting in on uh, purchasing Blackberries. So, two ninety nine at Joy, I think, is a great price point because what that does, what that means to me, is that people are really going to have to, you know, make a decision. It's it's not just these one off, you know, ninety nine cent downloads and you know get it and it's something cheap and whatever. I think it's really going to create a, a, a more solid uh, development community by setting these prices, and and so I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, and one of the pages there, you had mentioned that story was uh, $10 is the maximum. I kind of see that on the next page, uh, but they do uh, talk about other tiers going from $10 on up to $100, $100 to $600, and $600 to 1000 So I wonder what that means. Yeah, that's I'm seeing that too because that, that talks about yeah the, the Q&A on pricing the application. It does show that, but uh, I, I really don't know what, what that could mean. Um, other than, I, I guess there would be applications for the BlackBerry itself that would be, you know, potentially a lot more expensive than just ten dollars. Uh, yeah, because you know. ten dollars isn't that much, especially for you know quite a few apps. Uh, you know, especially in the enterprise market is what the the BlackBerry is, you know, pretty good for in a lot of cases. So, uh, you know, ten dollars a maximum that really can't be true. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll take a look here and we'll see what happens. Um, so anyway, it looks like we've got a lot of different options here. And, uh, so we'll see as we go from, you know, as this rolls out here, we'll get some great information on the newer applications. Amazon bringing the Kindle app over to the iPhone. Amazon released a free application via the iPhone app store that duplicates the functionality of its Kindle e-reader device. With the application, users can uh, search and shop for eBooks and download them via PC or over the air. They can also sync between computers, Kindles, iPhones, and iPod touches. The software allows users to adjust the font and text size, add bookmarks, notes, and Amazon allows users to read the first chapter of any book before they choose to buy it. Most books cost $10. So for those that are interested in uh, buying eBooks and want to uh, not spend the money to buy themselves a Kindle, you can do so 
simply by going and doing it over the iPhone. So great new application there for the iPhone. Uh, Joey, I don't know how often you actually take a look and uh, and read ebooks if you do at all. This is not something that I've done before, so I don't have a real good, uh, you know, uh, a real good say on if this is a you know something that's going to be used a lot or not. But um, I may end up just downloading it and you know checking out some books and reading and just seeing how it is because I've never really had a good uh, opportunity to, uh, like I said, to use those. I, I just not something I've done. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because you know, the iPhone screen is bright and uh, fairly large, so I'm. I'm I'm curious what your experience is on this. It's a free app, I suppose, and you can see the first chapter, see what it's like reading. Um, I just can't imagine that it would be, you know, anywhere near as good as the actual Kindle device itself. Yeah, not to mention battery life. I can see, you know, I, I, I look at my wife who will read through an entire book in, you know, one sitting, and you're not going to be able to do that on the iPhone, especially with that screen on that entire time. Um, it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to hang on you know, hang in there for the entire thing. So I, I, I'm not sure if that's going to be, um, let's just say a replacement for the Kindle, but it could certainly be a substitute for, let's say your Kindle, you've left it at home and, uh, you wanted to, you know, finish up part of a book during your lunch or I don't know, something, I mean, I could see some definite, you know, capabilities for it, but, um, yeah, probably not a replacement for it now that I'm thinking about it. Just you can't leave the it's screen like on for, that it's, it's kind of it's kind of force fitting an application. I mean, I've I've read a little bit of a uh, little bit of ebooks on the my old Palm um, that had much longer battery life than let's say the Central, for example. And it's still the screen is just not uh, you know I guess the resolution on that screen wasn't that good. But anyway, it, it still would not be the same experience. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I gotta imagine that there's a number of people that will you know disagree with the fact that it's not a it couldn't be used as a standalone program, but yeah, for me, I, I, yeah, not not so much, but it could be it could be interesting at least to you know at least to check out and play with, and like I said, could be a substitute when you're in an area where you don't have your Kindle. On other iPhone app news, Star Player or the version of the Sirius Radio uh, streaming service for the iPhone uh, was in development, and uh, Apple had notified the developers that it had been not accepted for inclusion in the iTunes App Store. Uh, this news prompted the uh, the star player creators uh, to basically halt uh, and give up the idea of even continuing to develop for it. They decided that since they were not going to be accepted into the store, they were not going to uh, be developing for it anymore. So uh, going back to uh, or talking about another story here that, that goes along with that, the, uh, the app store is facing some competition now from jailbreaking application sales. Apparently, there are some folks that are out there now selling uh, applications for jailbroken iPhones that will allow uh, through either the, uh, I guess, the Cydia installer to install applications uh, on your iPhone. And this could be something that, uh, you know, they may, you know, choose to go to because at this point, Apple is really restricting down and, you know, uh, approving applications that may not be for the best, you know, what what the users actually want. I mean, the users may be looking for specific things and Apple is saying, you know, in conjunction with their 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 uh, wireless partner providers, um that this may, that they don't want them to happen. So for example, they may not want people to be able to stream satellite radio over their network without buying their specific application that does that from the provider. So, I don't know. That one this one is uh, one of those that I really feel like is going to seriously hurt the 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 app store because a lot of people were really excited to be able to listen to their Sirius XM directly on their iPhones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm really disappointed this didn't uh, go through as well. But, you know, there's a, a lot of reports I, I read earlier today about uh, the App Store just being absolutely overwhelmed 
and Apple is not doing a good job of keeping up approving uh, applications and keeping developer contracts going uh, when they should. And this is, uh, I think, ultimately going to really hurt them. They should really, you know, increase the staff on their um, to, to process all these things and, and get a little bit more communication going with the users and developers and, and try to make the experience a little bit better. Well, those that are looking to listen to Sirius Online can do so in a number of different ways. And, you know, it's it's not that it's it's completely out of the idea of, of being able to do so. But at this point, there's they're completely taking out an entire segment of people that are looking to listen while they're on the go. You know, I know, Joey, you've got a, a device that allows you to take your your uh, your subscription with you you know, in your pocket, basically. And I, when I had XM, I had a radio that could do so as well. But a lot of people have these subscriptions that are built into their car radios and they're, they're really looking for a way, how can I take it with me? And without, you know, buying another handset, they're, they're basically stuck to the internet version, uh, which, you know, then they go, well, I've got a phone with me all the time. That's got internet on it. Two and two together. There you go. Uh, it, it just makes all the sense in the world to me. But again, it's, it's not in the stars for them right now. And, I would, I don't know. It's something I feel like they should probably do, but uh, then again, we're not we're the ones making these decisions, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next one here, the, uh, the Microsoft development speed has been up for debate, I guess, uh, for a while. And Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer said that the company would be getting better at Windows Mobile product development and updates uh, moving forward. Responding to a question about the wave of competing devices such as the iPhone and G1, Balmer said, quote, there are opportunities for us to accelerate our execution in this area. Uh, We've done a lot of work to make sure uh, we have a team that will be able to accelerate it. Microsoft announced Windows Mobile 6.5, of course, a few weeks ago, and that it would have it in the market by the end of this year. And they've also confirmed that Windows Mobile 7 will be available sometime in 2010. So Windows Mobile fans, great news. You know, we're looking at some additional, hopefully, support for the devices that we have. And and moving into the future, we'll be able to get updates for them on a more regular and frequent basis. Skyfire announced a partnership this week with Ustream.tv, allowing Windows Mobile and Symbian phones to stream live video right through their browsers. Skyfire supports both Flash 10 and Silverlight, which lets it play video. Ustream TV is able to deliver streamed video content, including TV videos, radio programming, and the cell phone junkie directly to users of the Sky, uh, Skyfire service. So just wanted to mention that and also mention uh, thank you to everybody who is online right now watching us through the Ustream uh, uh, feed and also participating in the Ustream chat. Uh, very interesting. If you're interested in this, make sure you follow both Joey and I on Twitter as we've sent out information today on how you can follow this, twitter.com slash tcpj underscore Mickey and tcpj underscore Joey. The Touch Diamond 2 applications are going to be uh, very popular when the device finally comes out. But in the meantime, they have been ripped and packaged for current users of the Touch Diamond. Of course, uh, as you'd imagine, the folks over uh, at uh, XDA developers have uh, been the kind of the ones that have been pushing uh, the movement to making the newer versions of Windows Mobile available to all folks, uh, you know, in the world of Windows Mobile. And some of the applications that you're going to be able to get now, if you're interested in launching them onto your diamond, are the HTC Calculator, HTC Album 2.5, Opera 9.5, Build 15.613, Diamond 2 Sensor with Apps RegEdit, uh, Diamond 2 Quick GPS, Keyboard with Arrows, Keyboard Without Arrows, 
keyboard with arrows and landscape only, the email wizard and the volume control. So if you're interested in picking up any of those applications for your diamond, they have been ripped off of the diamond too. And you can do so over at the, uh, at, actually it's WM power user, excuse me, is where the link is that gets you to this information in questions and comments this week. First one is a comment from Greg. He says, you may have heard about this. I may have also told you about it before. I learned this from my daughter. When you get a visa reward or rebate card, many times you have limits and time limits and or fees. I've gotten several AT&T rebate cards over the last year. What I do with them is go to Best Buy and transfer that visa amount onto my Best Buy gift card, since you can add to it and it has no fee or expiration. I now have over $500 on it. It's a nice start towards a 50-inch flat screen TV that I'm looking to get. I'm sure lots of store-specific gift cards will allow you to do the same. It's great for them since they already have my money, but until I'm ready to buy something from them, I don't lose it. I'm also halfway through show number 144. So far, so good, Greg. Well, Greg, this is a great comment. Uh, You know, this is something that Joey, unfortunately, you've got a story to tell about this because you've had this unfortunately happen to yourself. Yes, I have. I wasn't paying attention and, you know, I saw the expiration date on the card, but I didn't read the uh, ultra fine print on the back that says uh, maintenance fees will apply. So I lost a good chunk of money that was on the card that I have. But uh, yeah, and I, you know, this is a great idea to to put it in towards uh, Best Buy or, you know, probably some other gift cards that don't lose money because you can specify the amount that you want to transfer. So that's the thing. If you take one of your gift cards out to a store, it's a little bit tricky in some point of sale systems to do, uh, you know, um, you know, multiple uh, currency type payments. So uh, that's a really easy way to do it. Uh, Also, Mickey, I took your suggestion and applied it to my Sprint bill because you can go in and choose uh, how much you want to apply from your credit card. And then since I'm on auto pay, then just whatever the remainder of the balance was, it just came out automatically. So that worked out pretty slick that way. Well, and what I've done with that in the past is I've gotten these different debit cards. I think it was from Singular at the time when I signed up a few people uh, back when when I had them. And we we got all these cards and I took them and, sp- and just threw them right on the account like what you were just saying. But uh, what that did then is it put me into a credit uh, mode where or, or a credit side and when that happens, it's basically the same thing. You just you don't have to pay your bill for a few months. And it's kind of a good bank because if you think about it, uh, you are always going to have to pay your cell phone bill. And if for some reason something were to happen, you were to cancel your service, if you've got a credit on your account, uh, you're going to either that will go towards the cost of the early termination fee that you're going to have to put out there, or it's going to be directly refunded to you. They, they send you checks if you've got a ref, uh, an amount on your account, because think, think of it, you're always, you've got these postpaid accounts. So anyway, it, it's, a, it's an easy way to do it if you're wanting to just figure out a way to get rid of this money and so it's not just sitting on a card endlessly and you know could potentially be lost. Um, I, I just, I liked it as an idea, and so I'm, I'm glad to see that you did that. But a great suggestion there from Greg um, on doing that. Next one here is a question, actually from Greg as well. He wrote me a couple times this week, and he says, uh, Mickey, did I tell you that I got a replacement bold back on February 20th? The trackball on my original one quit working, moving left to right. Man, that was a pain. I did go home and sync it before I took it over to the local AT&T handset replacement store. I did not wipe it first, I think because I was really frustrated with the thing at only 70 days old. When they offered to do their in-house transfer of data, I said, okay. She was shocked when I told her I had 2,027 contacts. When I got it back, I only had about 1,350 on it. So I went back home to sync it with 
my computer and again and, and did when I did it was fine. It did not occur to me to be concerned about the data I had left on the old phone until a couple of days ago. I'm hoping that since it is AT&T they'll probably have a pretty strict rules on such things and I hope they have a hard reset policy before they send it to wherever they go. I also discovered that I had no historic data or call log, texts or emails. I wonder if I if I do an actual backup from the BlackBerry desktop manager if that would have kept that information to restore to a new device. Lastly, I uh, in pressing the pound key while in my voicemail, uh, and it got stuck on me, and it took a couple of flicks to get the key to get it unstuck. I'm trying really hard to like this device. Any advice? Well, Greg, um, I've already responded to you on this because I had a couple of comments and things that, that I wanted you to know right away. But um, you know, first off, I think AT and T because it is they are who they are, they're going to take your device and they're going to do a hard reset on it and you're not going to have to worry about any of that data. But for the future, of course, something very smart to do is to take your device and make sure that any information that you're concerned with is not on the device when you send it, uh, when you send it into wherever it is that it's going, especially if you're never going to see it again. Uh, when it comes to the number of contacts that you had, Maybe the system that they had had a limit of 1,350. It's probably one of those things when they programmed it. They said very few people have more than that many number of contacts. And so what do we need any more than that for? Uh, I'm like you. I've got actually more than 1,300. So I would have that problem as well. Uh, and then on the on the backup side, I, I think you're right. I think if you do a backup from the BlackBerry desktop manager after backing up the device, it's similar to how it is on some other handsets where it will actually take all that information, call logs, uh, text messages, emails, everything like that, and dump it back onto the device. So uh, I, I'm sure you've you've since then had a number of you know things happen, and it's not really in date anymore. But just looking at it into the future, I think that would definitely be something that you could do if you do have to switch out your device again. I, I definitely think that that's that's going to work for you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, that doing the full backup will uh, restore those. What if you do the restore on those? Because uh, I just did that fairly recently on that uh, BlackBerry 8830 when I transferred that thing out to the uh, refurb model from Verizon. So, and the the device was exactly the way it was uh, before I did the backup. Yeah, which is which is very very nice. I mean, there's there's something to be said for backup systems that are like that. Obviously, when you do it with the iPhone, it's very similar. Uh, Windows Mobile, however, does not does not do that. So you have to you have uh, to enter the it. Palm, in the Palm does. I can uh, the, especially if you do the backup to the the SD card with one of the two popular backup softwares. I can restore my SMS database, restore all of the databases um, that aren't normally uh, backed up by a normal hotsync. Yeah. So a lot of a uh, lot of different options out there, but. Again, make sure that if you're if you're interested in in swapping out a device, you're you're figuring out some sort of backup solution. That's the most important thing. You don't want to be stuck without your data, especially all your phone numbers. That's one of the the most annoying things is when you go to try and make a phone call and you realize that you've lost that phone number on an old phone that you had. So keep that in mind as you're uh, as you're swapping out devices. Next one here is a comment from Eric. He says, "I've used Nokia's Map Loader on my E51 and E71." under Mac OS 10.4 point uh, whatever and 10.5 point whatever. So uh, it, I've not tested it yet with Nokia Maps 3, though, however. Uh, and he actually puts a link in here, and it's to Nokia Map Loader for Mac. So if you were uh, a Mac user and uh, want to make sure you get the Nokia Maps on your device, you can, uh, you can use this particular feature. It's over at betalabs.nokia.com. Next one here is a voicemail from Tim. Hey, Mickey, this is Tim from Milwaukee. I sent you an email earlier this week regarding uh, getting 
email on the Moto Q9C for my cousin. I, I was just uh, kind of dumbfounded. You can disregard that email too, by the way. I was kind of dumbfounded that it's a Microsoft, uh, you know, product of the email, and it won't seems to not want to think with uh, Outlook. So if you have any uh, tips on that one, I would really appreciate it. Otherwise, I uh, just wanted to make a few quick comments. I heard you guys talking about uh, Bluetooth support with uh, car stereos. I want to give another review. I am totally thrilled with my Pioneer headset. It's a uh, DEHP 7900BT, and it streams A2DP flawlessly, and the audio quality is terrific. I'm currently using my Pioneer head unit to make this call while driving, so you can get a good feel for what the sound quality is like. Also, I'd like to give my review on the uh, ProClips uh, in-car device holders. I have my AT&T Tilt in my uh, ProClip device holder. You can find those at ProClipsUSA.com. And uh, they're not cheap, but they're terrific. They're absolutely wonderful in-car uh, device holders. So thanks for taking my question and comment. Look forward to uh, hearing the next show. As usual, great. And unfortunately, Tim got cut off there. So, uh, But anyway, thank you very much, Tim, for the uh, all the comments. So let's kind of talk about them one by one here. Uh, first off, email on the Motorola Q9C. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure why it's not working with you with Outlook. I mean, obviously, uh, the products are supposed to work together. Tips on syncing with Hotmail. You know, one of the great things that they've done recently is at one point, there was only certain Hotmail accounts that could synchronize over to Windows Mobile, and they've recently opened up the pop access to them. So if you've got pop email on your particular device, uh, or excuse me, on your account, you can then access, set up your your Windows mobile device to access that particular Hotmail account via POP. So that is a good way to do it, and I would I would definitely suggest it um, if you're looking to get that over to it, and you don't have uh, you don't have the push support for uh, your Hotmail account. Um, you know, as far as the, um, the the Pioneer, I believe it was a Joey, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually talking about a head unit, not a headset, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's an in-dash CD player that you've replaced in your car. So it's um, uh, Pioneers are, are usually pretty good head, head units. Yeah, and he's talking about streaming his A2DP over uh, to that. So that's a, that's a great thing to know. Uh, the DEHP7900BT is, I believe, the model number that he referenced in there. So, uh, and then uh, talking about the Pro Clips device holder for his Tilt, um, you know that is a that's a great uh, that's a great thing to talk about because I have actually used Pro Clips devices in the past, and uh, so it, it, I thank you, Tim, for bringing it up. And they are one hundred percent the best in car device holders that I've used. I would definitely recommend checking out ProClips if you're interested in them. Um, and not just because I've, I've reviewed one, but I, I've tried multiple different ones out there. They make their units specifically for the devices that that you want. So it's not a generic style holder that you may get with other you know types of uh, uh, you know universal whatever you buy. So, But Joey, I know you've got one of these, so I'd like to hear your thoughts as well. Yeah, it's not for a cell phone, but it's for my uh, Sirius Stiletto uh, 100. Uh, I put the docking, the, the car docking station on it. Um, I, I just just got the car mount, so I didn't get one of their holding 
because it's like a two-part solution is what they sell. They sell the clip that goes onto the dash or vent or whatever it is in your car where it mounts to, and then they sell the the, the device holder. So whether it be a cradle for your phone to, to kind of sit into or some other device that, that's out there, and they, they have a lot of support out there for a lot of different devices. But I didn't need any of that, so I just mounted the um, the uh, the serious the stilettos cradle right to the back of it. And uh, it works out real great. The, the the model of car I have, it's got some uh, a couple little specific um, variations to the car that they had available for the pro, for the pro clip, and it uh, popped in real nice, and it's been holding real great for a couple weeks. I, I kind of don't like having the thing on the dash of the car because it kind of looks kind of ugly, but it, it definitely works real well. Yeah, and and there's like I said, they've been they've been real great with us, and I've been very happy to work with them. Um, uh, in in the past, and I, I really I have to you know throw out that that Johan he's the one that we worked with over there from ProClips and, and ProClip USA I should say uh, real good products um, check them out if you you know if if not for anything else just to see if they've got something out there for the specific devices that you have because it'll really show you the quality of, of what they do and if you're even if you're not in the market right now someone to keep in mind going into the future because I. I I, str- I can't stress enough how great they are for, you know, in-car solutions for holding devices. Real good stuff. Next one here is a question from Roger. He says, Mickey and Joey, uh, what's up and how are things going? Uh, my sister sent me an email this morning, and I was just wondering if you could tell me if it's true. A lot of it sounds like it's too good to be true, but I just want to know. Thanks. Big fan, Roger Q. Uh, well, first off, I'm just going to say <laughs> there are five different topics here that we're going to talk about from this email. Um, the entire email is referenced over at a site called truthorfiction.com. And at Truth or Fiction, it will tell you the basic, uh, basically what's going on with each of these rumors. Because, And before we go into it, Joey, I know you've got some comments on it as well, but some of them are kind of funny. So don't take all of these as true because there are three of them that are false and two of them that are true. Well, they're kind of half true, uh, even the ones that are true, I, I think. I, I got a, a little <laughs> chuckle out of this email, that's for sure. Yeah, and this is this is something that, and Roger, I, you know, I, I've read this before. This is not the first time that I've seen this email, so uh, I, I completely know that uh, I've got this from friends. I've got this from parents. Just people who say, "Oh, wow, you know, look at all the stuff you can do." Yeah, but anyway, uh, first off, the first thing was in an emergency. The emergency number worldwide for mobile is one one two. If you find yourself out of coverage area in your mobile network, and there is an emergency, dial. 112 and the mobile will search for any existing network to establish the emergency number for you and interestingly this number 112 can be dialed even if the keypad is locked try it out um no there is no single emergency number for use in the world uh overall the entire world it is used in some countries of course but not all uh, a lot of countries uh like the u.s use 911 uh certain countries in europe and uh, other places use 119 and 999 uh, but uh, of course, all phones in all countries will not be able to work different technologies. It's not even accessing networks uh, that will function. So yeah, not not quite right. No, but it is used in a lot of countries. Um, uh, one of the Wikipedia, Wikipedia reports did say that uh, 112 is um, uh, remapped on uh, quite a few GSM devices here in the U.S. to dial 911. Oh, so if you dial 112, it will dial 911. Basically, yep. that's what you're saying. Okay. Yep. I, so, yeah. Obviously, I have no way to confirm this, but um, partial I, I don't, truth. <laughs> I don't recommend. I don't recommend anybody trying this out. Yeah, it, it's. Um, 
yeah, not exactly uh, something that you could rely upon. So keep in, keep in mind the local number for your area. Uh, that will work. Second, have you locked your keys in the car? Uh, does your car have remote keyless entry? This may come in handy someday. Good reason to own a cell phone. If you lock your keys in your car and you have a spare keys at home, call someone at home on their cell phone from your cell phone. Hold your cell phone about a foot from your car door and have the person at home press the unlock button. Holding it near the mobile phone on their end, your car will unlock. Save someone from having to drive the keys out to you. Distance is no object. You could be hundreds of miles away and you could reach someone from, the, from other remotes for your car. You can unlock the doors or the trunk. Editor's note, it works fine. We've tried it out and it unlocked our car over the cell phone. Um, no. Just no, no, it, <laughs> not even close. No, it, like, it's got, the, it sounds kind of cool, first, though. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, it would work if your car unlocked via touch tone, maybe. Uh, well, maybe, but then <laughs> that would be the only would, way that would work. But it wouldn't, it's you can't hold the remote next to a phone and, and think that the signal is going to transfer from uh, from radio waves then to a digital format. Then transfer through no, audio. It, yeah, I mean, like the back of my you know device shows 315 megahertz, which of course a cell phone's not going to output in its speaker uh, at all. And of course, it's uh, a lot of a lot of times they're encrypted and encoded and code hop, and none of that will work. So, don't yeah. uh, think that one will work. Nope. Uh, third, hidden battery power. Imagine your cell phone battery is very low. To activate, press the keys star 3370 pound. Your cell phone will restart with this reserve, and the instrument will show a 50% increase in battery. The reserve will get charged when you charge your cell phone next time. Uh, it, you know, this is, um, again, not, uh, you know, if there's a phone out there that has some sort of reserve battery in it, you would know that there was an extra battery in it most likely because you would see an extra battery. Um, anyone who's ever taken apart a cell phone will know there's no reserve. It's not really how it works. Um, you know, on the technical side of it, Joey, I'm sure taking a look using different software that you have, you can actually see the amount of battery, the, the, the amount of current left in the battery, correct? I mean, you could, you could yep. specifically completely disprove this one just by looking at the amount that the uh, software is showing on the battery. No, yeah, and it, it's d- device manufacturers wouldn't have hidden battery power. I mean, they were going to want to have the longest battery runtime that they can possibly get on their specifications, so they can, you know, increase the chance of selling the device. Yeah, this is um, this is really, um, yeah, no, it, it's it's not a it's not a truth. That's for sure. Uh, next one here: How to disable a stolen mobile phone? To check with your mobile phone, to check your mobile phone serial number, uh, key in the following digits. Uh, star pound zero six pound and a 15 digit code will appear on the screen this code is a unique number to your handset write it down keep it in a safe place that part is actually true you can find out that's called the imei number and that is the unique uh, identification number for your uh, mobile phone this works specifically for gsm devices this is not for uh cdma devices that is done in a different way correct joey so yes it is does it work on your iphone I am almost positive that it does, and as I'm just talking here to fill some space, I am going to the phone section of my iPhone, and I'm pressing star pound, zero six pound, and it says my number zero one one blah blah blah. Yep. So there it is. There's the uh, the fifteen digit number. I see that. IMEI number. So for Sprint, yeah. if you go to your uh, dial pad, uh, depends on your device, like me on my uh, Centro here. If I type uh, pound pound. Uh, I think it's uh, pound pound run pound that gives me the uh, 
the, uh, yep, it gives me the ESN number of my Sprint phone. So now you've got this number, the electronic serial number of your particular handset. If your phone does get stolen, uh, call up your service provider and give them this number. They will then be able to block the handset, even if the thief changes the SIM card. Um, not quite. What they will do is they will block the phone from being able to be registered on their network. Uh, that's what's happening with that. So, of course, if yeah, you take and, a SIM card... I'll, I'll, also, if you just call, you know, your carrier, they they can tell you what your IMEI number is anyway. Yeah, that's it, I mean, because it's, it's your SIM uh, card. Isn't it? No, no, no. It's totally different than huh? the SIM card has a specific oh, number on right. it, Oh, that's right. Okay, yep. Gotcha. But, but you are right. You are correct by putting... If I take my SIM card out of my phone and put it into any other GSM phone that I have that is a, uh, a supported phone on AT&T's network, it will actually... Uh, pop up with a the the description of the phone in my AT&T account. Uh, it's seeing the IMEI number of the, the phone that the SIM is in, and then it's taking that SIM number and referencing it off of their database of, of IMEI numbers. And so anyway, they, they can see it. When I put it into an unlocked device like the Diamond, uh, it comes up with an unknown device that obviously knows that I'm using an unlocked device and is not, uh, you know, not the device that, uh, or not a device that they have. So um, you know, another comment on this one as well, you can always get this number two by, uh, and most phones by, if you've got a removable battery, taking off the battery and those numbers are underneath there as well. So, um, if you do need it, you can do that. But, uh, anyway, it, it's good to know that you, you need to, if your phone does get stolen, call up your carrier, have them lock your account. So at the very least they can't use your account for any fraudulent, uh, any fraudulent use. And, uh, finally, Free directory service for cell phones. Uh, cell phone companies are charging $1 to $1.75 or more for 411 information calls when they don't have to. Most of us don't carry a cell phone directory in our car, which makes the situation even more of a problem. When you need to use the 411 information option, simply dial 800-FREE-411 or 800-373-3411 without with incurring any charge at all. Program it into your cell phone right now. This kind of information... Uh, is the information people don't mind receiving, so pass it on to all your friends and family. Well, this one is a valid number, and you can call it. Um, I think, though, it does charge you for minutes, though. I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah, it would charge you for minutes. Um, uh, I would recommend instead, though, is to to use the uh, Google service. Uh, I think it's eight, it's 800-GOOG411. Uh, that works very well. It's all voice uh, voice interactive and it can give you a text message with the information that you want or it'll tell you and connect the call for you. Uh, so it's it's very, very handy and it's big money saver. Yeah. The other thing, of course, is if you've got internet on your device, you can obviously do a search. Uh, and that's, your, what I no- that's what I normally yeah, do. I do as well. For those that uh, have unlimited text messaging or have a plan that allows you to send text messages, if you send a text message to uh, Google, uh, which is without one of the letters. I think it's four, uh, you know what? I don't have a phone in front of me right now, but it's like 46645. I think that's G-O-O-G-L. And uh, anyway, what that will do is that will allow you, it's 46645. Yes, someone is confirming that. That, And you send a text message to that number and you send in something like, um, I'll just pick something, pizza with your uh, zip code 85001. You will bring back a list of addresses and names and phone numbers, 
and uh, you'll be able to then uh, you know pull up information that way. So a lot of different ways to get around calling four one one for information. Um, some good some good options there from those. Uh, thank you very much uh, though for sending this in, Roger. It's a it's definitely interesting to read you know some of the things that are out there, and uh, you know a good one for us specifically on the show to uh, to address because it's obviously none of, none of these are completely true, and um, you know so interesting though nonetheless just to talk about. And that's uh, all we have for today. So if you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call to 206-203-3734 or send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. Once again, thanks to all the Ustreamers out there watching us. Uh, looks like we have just passed 40 people here for the night, so that's pretty neat to see. Uh, if you're interested in uh, checking that one out, you can do so by following Joey and us on Twitter. You'll find out when we are recording. Usually record it Sunday nights, uh, about five o'clock Pacific time. And uh, so we'll be sending out Twitters though into that relation. Twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Mickey and Twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Joey. And one last thing before we go here for those that hung on till the end, we are going to be starting a contest next week. Uh, we got some invisible shields sent over to us from invisible skins, and we are going to uh, be. Uh, putting them on our devices and uh, doing a full review on them. And then we'll be giving some away on the show. So stay tuned and come back next week to find out how you can win yourself an invisible shield. And uh, Joey, again, thank you very much for your time and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at the cell junkie.com. <laughs>